All right, welcome back, everyone, to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans. We bring you Michigan football each and every week. I am Caleb, and with me, as always, is Craig. And we haven't done it in a while, Craig, but uh, I figured a good time just to go ahead and do Rock Moment of the Week. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Where's it gone? I don't know, man. I think we just kind of got caught up so much with the season actually starting and trying to stay on top of stats and what's going on with players and teams and stuff like that that kind of got pushed over on the side. So uh, bringing it back, bringing back rock moment of the week. Bringing back rock and roll, man. Yeah. I like it. Don't give me no disco. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Never get me on the floor. Yeah, I'm totally, I'm not good with song titles and uh, bands and everything like that, but that came to mind. So, uh, rock moment of the week. I'll go ahead and go first, um, give you a little bit of time to guess, think about it. But for me, I'll give a rock moment of the week was actually uh, Friday. It's been a little while because the kids are still young enough and um, our son is uh, not too old. We don't get it too often where both kids are uh, being watched overnight. And so actually... Friday night, my parents took them both for the first time overnight. So we had we had a wow. event that we were going to, and then that was done. And we actually wound up uh, doing kind of a double date thing, going out with some people. But then th- this was the rock moment part. I mean, I love my kids and everything, love my family. This is not no dog against them or anything. But I went to bed. I want this to is say, a PG show, dude. No, no, uh, yeah, I'll, it's nothing like that. But I went to bed at like twelve thirty, maybe, maybe it was one o'clock. But went to bed. I did not wake up until eleven a.m. <laughs> totally, man. Those are. Ain't that feel good though? Oh man, it felt so. My wife was mad at me. Just yeah. keep going, man. Sleep. Yeah. Well, that. Yeah, that was totally my. I mean, is I cannot remember the last time I could do something like that. But my wife was mad at me because she's more of a. She can't really oversleep. She'll, uh, I mean, she it's she got to sleep in compared to what she normally does with the kids. But eventually, she woke up and she was awake. She couldn't fall back asleep. But for me, I'm just like I could, I honestly could have kept sleeping. But yeah. um, yeah, so she was up for like at least a good two hours before I officially got out of bed. And she's just like, I was so mad at you because you were able to sleep through that. And she's like, I woke up and I couldn't get back to sleep. Yeah, that's what my wife is. If she gets up, if she wakes up at like four or five, then she's up, and then she just kind of lays there in bed. And me, I sleep, and man, I keep sleeping. And even when the sun's up, and I just keep sleeping, man. I just, I, I actually get my best sleep in the early morning. Yeah, yeah, I'm like one of those guys that gets really pissed off if I have the windows open and I hear birds. Oh yeah. The oh, yeah. birds are like too loud, and I start getting really annoyed, and I have to turn a fan on or something to drown out the noise. So yeah, I I know what you mean. I love that sleeping in stuff. I love it too. So so do you have a do you have a rock moment that was uh, for yeah, you in the two past? Rock week? moments. This is two for two for one today, man. Not too much. Two don't rock. don't go too much rock now, okay? <laughs> too much rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, too much rock and roll is not good for you. But uh, no, I got two good rock and roll moments. The first one is I'm um, getting my 
shoulder surgery October 17th finally so yeah Woo. that's a good thing so I've been dealing with this pain for about November will be a year so it's been horrible so that's surgery so I've been waiting for that and I'm really excited for that that way I can kind of move on from the pain and then tomorrow's my birthday I'm uh, 28 years old nice man 28 years old I, I <laughs> wait hold on is that tomorrow is that tomorrow Sunday you're saying, or are you saying tomorrow Monday? No, tomorrow. So technically Sunday. that's today. Yeah, it is right now. Yep, it's today. So happy yep. birthday, man. Yeah, I just turned 28. How about that? Good job. Yeah, you're younger than me, man. <laughs> <laughs> we know that's full of crap, so. Yeah. No, I'm 48. I'm an old man, so. Yeah, 48. 48 and having shoulder surgeries and... Still staying up late though, right? Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. As, as it's just all downhill from there, man. Limbs are falling off, parts are falling off, and surgery and and sleeping in. That's kind of what you do when you get older. So getting old sucks, man. It really does. Oh yeah, I can I can I can only imagine. We'll we'll see at what state I'm at when I get there. I'm convinced that my uh, my ankles will give out because I have bad ankles. So yeah, yeah, but. Oh. But those are my rock moments, so there you go. Nice. Well, fantastic, man. Yeah, getting getting back into the rock moments of the week. So, And then rock moment of the week for Michigan football. We're going to be doing the recap here just shortly of uh, Michigan's convincing win over Penn State today. So don't go anywhere. Okay, so we are going to be doing the recap here of Michigan beating Penn State 49-10 to uh, at the big house here earlier today. But before we get into that, we will have the announcement right here right now of the Caption of the Week winner for a competition. It is um, week three of the competition, and so we have the image of uh, Jim Harbaugh and Tom Brady uh, when they were at the big house last week. They got a good picture of them laughing there on the field and our winner is actually a long time listener drew blue on twitter sent us the tweet then roger said four games i'm like whatever i've got a natty four super bowl rings and i'm married to giselle and so uh we there were there were a lot of good um funny ones about roger goodell and the uh, deflate gate and things like that and so we kind of had to do our picking between what one was the funniest because there were there were a lot of good ones this week i thought that was a good caption this week yeah congrats to uh drew man long time listener yeah that was a good one so and tom brady's the goat dude you guys he's got it all yeah it was good to have him back in the big house so yeah it was congratulations as well to drew for that and we will have a new image coming out this week uh craig actually shared some with me so i think uh, i think we've got an idea what the image is going to be but that'll be coming out later this week so into the game into the football talk we will go and uh good game for michigan the convincing win of forty nine to ten. I was really cl- uh, we were we were both really close, uh, but it was I was spot on at one moment. Yeah, you were. Uh, if, I was like, holy cow! They get one more touchdown. You <laughs> you were spot on. Weren't if, if Penn State gets one more touchdown, 
you and I were seriously, it was so close. Yeah, well, it was 45-10, and that was my prediction. I was just like, I yep. even tweeted, I was like, okay, call the game, everybody go home, we're done. <laughs> and um, I said, wait a minute, Penn State's going to score one more touchdown. <laughs> yeah, well, then also, um, I, I will say this, uh, I, I mean, it was so close with me because then Penn State was there, and then they had that dumb turnover, and then Michigan scored. Because if yeah. Penn State didn't turn it over, they may have gone further down the field and killed the clock. But whatever. It is what it is. Michigan had a good game. But I will, I will give you this credit, um, Craig. You hit the total score on the dot. Yeah. Like, like the total. I mean, they both teams totaled to 59 points. That was your prediction. I mean, we didn't say predict what you think the total score is going to be. But you... Right. You had forty-two to seventeen, and so you you got that spot on, kind of, kind of accidentally. But you, got, I'll give you credit for that. Yeah, yeah. If that last touchdown didn't happen, it was pretty close, and the Penn State would have scored again. I would have been, yeah. well, right on almost. So yeah, you would have been real close. So yeah. Um, yep. But then, uh, oh no, I had that backwards. I had forty-five ten. You were the one who had forty-two. Yeah, my, my mistake on that one. Yeah, I think I had four two seventeen. Yeah, you you had forty two seventeen, so you did get the total score. I thought I had forty two as well, so they never did have the exact score. Anyways, whatever. We we were really close this week. We we did a pretty good job. Yep. Um, but then that being said, uh, we'll talk real quick about the lock and dump uh, segment that we had for this week. Penn State scoring seventeen points. Both of us dumped that, and we were actually right um, on. Uh, Twitter, we tweeted those out, and actually we had a really good participation from people with that, and we had a lot of people actually um, that was going to be a dump. And then uh, we asked if uh, running back was going to get more than 100 yards. We locked that in. That, I think, was the one that was leaning the most to people being against or dumping, thinking that wasn't going to happen. But then Davion Smith, I think, had the final of 107 yards. And then, uh, surprisingly enough, and a lot of people were really on board on this, of scoring a non-offensive touchdown, and we we locked that in, and it actually didn't wind up happening, even though Penn State had two turnovers. Right. Yeah, that didn't happen. So, But it is what it is. Michigan still had a really good game. And so to get into the game talk, Craig, do you want to get us going on just kind of general discussion about your thoughts on the game and your takeaway from it? Wow. You know, you know, it's, you can tell, you can tell from the very beginning of this game that this game was electrifying by Michigan. I, you know, I had a feeling that we would come out pissed off because of the Colorado game. I think we were, we played a little bit kind of a chip on our shoulder or we were really angry because of the Colorado game or the, I, I, I guess you want to say the, some of the things that were said after the game that maybe that circulated to the group or the team that said, Hey, you know what? That was a scary game. You guys could have lost that game or, you know, you guys weren't playing up to your tempo or your level in the beginning of the Colorado game. And they beat you um, in the first quarter pretty well. And I think we just came out mad and man, I tell you, you know, Penn state had back-to-back penalties and, really took them out of the game from the very beginning. And it just, I mean, you know, with you, didn't it just feel like we were playing pissed off? I mean, we just were hitting hard. Uh, I could just tell the tackling was just superb. 
I mean, I don't think we missed hardly any tackling. Every person tackled in the backfield. We had sacks. Nobody really was breaking our anybody's tackle and things like that. And I was just so impressed by, you know, we'll, we'll get into a little bit more into detail about the running game. Uh, that shocked me on how well we ran. And I just the, then the defense was just absolutely crushing it during this game. And, you know, overall, great performance. Yeah. Yeah, I do agree. And actually to uh, talk a little further on the Colorado uh, side of things, I do agree. I think that there was a bit of, uh, you know, we want to prove ourselves. You know, there was a, there was a lot of. Uh, back talk by some people about how Michigan performed against Colorado. And uh, I'm sure that, I mean, the coaches still kind of got on the team for some of the things because they still did have some things that they could work on and definitely improve. And I, I think they did. And you saw that this week, but to say a little bit more about Colorado, Colorado beat Oregon on the road tonight. Yeah. If uh, you, anybody didn't see that 41, 38 close game, but that was on the road for them. And, uh, yeah, people will be saying that Oregon might be kind of having a down year. But I say watch out for Colorado. They're good team. Yeah, there's somebody to reckon with. And I think and I think that and I believe that. And also, though, man, I don't have this, but I saw information that their backup quarterback, the one that we had to face for the entire second half, for almost the entire second half. Right. Man, I can't think of his name. It was something like Montez, I believe. But um, he had a good game. Like, he was – Completing his passes and uh, playing a good game. So that was them playing against Oregon, uh, him yeah. having that performance. So us – that They had Lou Fowl in there. Imagine if they had actually their first guy. So Yeah, so that was just showing that their court, their backup quarterback was a capable quarterback and we were able to handle it effectively when we had to face that. Um, but also what we kind of said, and I'll go off of what you were saying, Craig, about the – good tackling and the uh, being on top of their game this this week. Something that I want to make sure to point out, so I'll mention it now. We For the past two weeks, we've been talking about the big plays, that Michigan has just been allowing big plays, and it has hurt us. And Penn State is a passing team. Yep. They, they're actually, I think they came in as the best passing team in the Big Ten into this week, but... So that we've seen some of those things break down for us and some big plays happen against our secondary over the past mm-hmm. weeks. This week, I can say that the biggest plays for passing, the longest play for passing was 30 yards and the longest play for rushing by Penn State was 33 yards. So our defense got on it. You know, yep. and, and that yep. and those were just one play. So I mean, okay. So if rushing the longest was thirty-three. The next longest after that was sixteen. Huge difference. So they only <laughs> yeah. they only let that one big play. And I mean, yeah, th- thirty yards is a big chunk. But compared to what was happening before the past two weeks, this is quite a vast improvement. And then uh, for the, the receiving, uh, there was the thirty-yard reception. But then past that, their longest was twelve. Yeah. Yeah, really held them in check. So kind of give you a, basically how the first quarter looked, if you want to break it down the quarter to quarter. But uh, first quarter was just dominant. I mean, we had 134 yards. They had 16 total yards So in the first quarter. So we absolutely dominated that um, on all 
parts of the ball. What I think one of the parts where I was just kind of really interested was this in how we ran the ball and the very much how much that the rotating of the running backs that uh, Jim Harbaugh used in this game. And it was, you could tell from the very beginning, I go, man, he's really transitioning running backs in this game to a point to where I don't even know, <laughs> like, Devion will have a couple plays, and then then you had Ty Isaac in there. It's like he was so much rotating, like fresh bodies in there, that I had a hard time keeping up on. All right, who has the ball now? I had because I had a hard time figuring out if it was Higdon or uh, or Higdon or um, Evans at times. You know, only way I can tell Higdon sometimes if I don't see the numbers is he's short. So I'll go. I think that's Higdon. And so. You know, I start looking at size, then I do numbers sometimes. But, um, but yeah, the rotating was incredible in this game. Oh yeah, and I, and uh, that was great to watch. And kind of like I mentioned, I, I feel like that's what they prefer. Now, granted, they maybe they did it more this game because they just haven't had the opportunity to have as much success running the ball as they they did today. But I feel like that is a preference for the Michigan coaching staff, maybe specifically Coach Harbaugh, is when the running game is effective, use it, grind down their defense, and try to wear them out. Yeah. A couple things to mention on that is, uh, did I don't know if you saw what Spate said at the end of the uh, after the game. Did you hear? I did. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the comment that he said, at one point in the game, they ran the same running play about eight times in a row. And okay. And he was just laughing about it. Spate was because he'd look over and he'd get the sign, and they'd do it again. But maybe they'd flip it this time. But okay. he said uh, he uh, he was quoted as saying that where he they just kept doing the same running play and they were having success with it. So when you're finding success, why do you need to change what you're doing? Basically, yeah. Until they stop you, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I can see Harbaugh doing that tour. He's like, well, no, keep going. <laughs> You know, and that's kind of him, too, where he'll be. He's so, you know, he's odd when he calls plays that, you know, I think there's times where he comes into games and he knows exactly what running back he's going to feature for the day, you know, and and sometimes we don't know who that is. Obviously, Davion Smith had a great game. I mean, let's talk about his performance. First of all, he had great vision, great. There's great blocking, but his vision was on spot on today and i was very impressed by what he did and um he broke off some great tackles so uh, he did great higdon had his best game had two touchdowns and performance he had um devion had what total nine yards average carry and and then you had uh higdon at nine so great performance by all of them yeah well um i'll keep going off with the uh I'll keep going with the Smith talk, and yeah. you had great things to say too. And something that I feel we saw today that we normally don't see because Smith is able to create things when there's nothing there. His spin move, I mean, he he breaks tackles all the time, and his power, he's able to make things happen. But something that he did that I think helped him, especially just right at the beginning of the run play when he gets going, he showed patience today more than i've seen before and i'm not going to say that i'm a davion smith expert but i don't think i've seen it as much in all the other games as i did today there were a couple times especially where it's almost like by default 
he gets running and he wants to get as much power and as much speed in him so that he can plow people over. But there were several times where he would go and he yep. would wait to see, pick maybe the best route or find a blocker to go off of and then do his burst of speed and try to get things. So I, I thought that was great. Uh, he definitely yep. had a really good game today. Yeah, he was, yeah, he'd, um, he, you know, that hiking obviously wait for his blockers, but then that patience to kind of slow down, wait for the blocks and the holes to develop, and then hit them as fast as you can. He's got the power. When he gets, sees a hole and he gets through there right away, he's got the power. You're not going to arm tackle this guy. You're just not going to. But if he can get a little bit of space going in that second level, then he's going to be able to make guys miss. And then he has he has great vision when he can do that. And that's some of the things we didn't see that, you know, maybe him being patient creates him having better vision that might be that's what we Devion needs to start doing more. And boy, he he had it today and is very impressed by him. So, yeah, he could he could turn into a really good running back to go into the NFL. I'm not saying like a top running back, but okay. um, if he's keeps improving as he has and keeps learning from what he's doing I, I think he could really turn in some I, I just kind of feel like he maybe fit into something like what Seattle does you know because yep. of the running backs they've had but that's that's NFL we're talking college right now uh to go off more with the rushing game something that I did want to mention Michigan had a total of 326 rushing yards yeah that's crazy yeah yep. I mean especially with how the season has gone that that's pretty pretty amazing and awesome to see what I want to highlight is after the first three games, Michigan came into this game with 593 total rushing yards. So yep. in this game alone, they had more than half of the rushing yards that they had through three right. games. Yep. Yep. So. Exactly. And, you know, and that was on, uh, I believe, 49 to 50 attempts. So. That's tell, that tells you they did so much more running in this game, attempts in this game, than they did passing. So, and then part of that running, I would say, some of the bigger runs were by Higdon. And Higdon, if we want to talk about him for a little bit, is man, I love the way he runs and the very fact he's a short running back. And like I said, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of have this thing for short running backs because. Um, like I said, the linebackers are really having, they have a hard time seeing him. And then when he's, by the time they do, he's already past them. So uh, he played really, really well. There's a lot of things I like about him and some of the power and he's shown. And if and nobody knows, he was a recruit that was going absolutely committed to going to Iowa and we took it, took uh, him from Iowa. So that'll be interesting when we play them. So uh, Higdon's really looking really, really well for us. Yeah, and I could be mistaken. Hopefully maybe you saw something about it and can back me up on this. But I heard that didn't he have maybe an injury or he had he was sick or something, and so he didn't he was out part of the uh, spring practice and stuff like that. Did you see anything? Yeah, yeah I think he was. I think he okay. was hurt. Okay, um, I could. I mean, that seems like uh, forever ago now, but uh, I thought I saw that because that. I mean, that kind of explain. Well, I mean, he could just be coming into his own right now, anyways. But that's kind of like he's he's almost playing catch up, and so now he's kind of getting into his groove. Now that's been a few games and everything, and I mean, it's amazing to see then that we have these highlight 
running backs where Davion does his thing and he's he's totally shown himself for the past several weeks for this whole season yet. And then we've seen what Evans is capable of doing. Yeah. And then Higdon is here coming into his own. And, and Isaac is still great at what he does too. Yeah. But it, I really feel like it's Davion, then Evans and Higdon are really kind of exploding yeah. in onto the scene um, and Isaac is just uh, shown to be credible too. So it's, it's, yeah. I know a lot of people and we've had the discussion about having that star running back and everything, but yeah. I am perfectly happy with what we have going right now. Uh, mm -hmm. And I don't like using, and I'm pretty sure actually Harbaugh has kind of come out, uh, kind of said the same thing. I'm not going to use the word content because I definitely think it can be better, but I'm happy to see where it's at right yeah. now. Right. Yeah, you're right. And I'm I'm starting to the more of these games go on and the, seeing this while well, you had what five running backs score today. <laughs> um yeah. so if you had five running backs score and five were pretty much featured, obviously Khalid Hill with that one yard touchdown. He's got four and four uh by the way, four TDs in these last four games. So uh he's almost like a guarantee at the goal line. Khalid Hill is so he's a beast. But uh with him aside, but if you look at these running backs, I'm starting to think that Jim Harbaugh would like to have Devion Smith as his feature back. But I think that he knows that Devion just probably doesn't have the grind that he can last the whole entire season that he's going to wear out. So what I think he's going to do is he's just going to keep doing this committee where he's going to have four to five guys roll rotating in and out. And then he's going to use Devion maybe for the big game. I think he's going to be featured big time against Michigan State. I think he's going to use him big time maybe against Wisconsin coming up. I think they're going to use him quite a bit against Ohio State. But I think he's going to rotate him still until he sees Debian can carry the load. So I think he's just saving him, you know what I mean, throughout the year. Yeah. So, And that's why he's featuring all these guys. And it's great to see Isaac doing really, really well. He's really running great, uh, especially on the outside you know, of the hash marks. Uh, he's really getting a lot of yards that way. Yeah, I've been happy with all of them, and, and you're right. Yep. And actually, I, I'm getting the numbers here. They all almost had the same, uh, were roughly in the same area of having the same amount of carries. Uh, Smith had 12, Higdon had 9, Isaac had 11, Evans had 8. Mm -hmm. um, for yeah. total yards, like we said, we did have the running back. Uh, Smith was able to be our, the running back that broke 100 yards with 107. Higdon had 81. Isaac had 74. I mean, so they were way up there. Evans still had a good day. I mean, he was at 56. So, yeah, yeah a great results from our running back group. Yeah, I had somebody text me and they said, hey, where in the heck is Evans in this game? And I went... And I'm kind of thinking about it, and I was like, yeah, you know, I thought about that too at the moment. Then I kind of thought, you know what? I really believe what Harbaugh's doing here is he's going to use Devion and some Isaac right here at this spot, and he's going to wear them down. And the more he wears them down, he sees them a little bit tired, then he's going to throw Higdon and Evans in there. And Higdon and Evans, they're not going to bust through a bunch of tackles like Devion is. And Isaac, those guys are the fastbacks. He's going to, they're going to make their plays big time runs on when you're tired and you, when you get your hands on your hip and you're just gasping for air and Penn state did that. I mean, if you look in the second half, they use, he used Evans and Higdon quite a bit. So you said it great. And I, I believe that appears to be how their game plan is. And today, if that is specifically what they had in mind, it totally worked. 
Yeah. I mean, the only play that I always seem to, <laughs> the only one I, they get going all the time is the one what they use with McDoom. And McDoom is probably one of the fastest guys on the field. I mean, he's probably about as fast as Chesson or it could be faster. But the way they're using them, they always use them on those wheel routes where they, you know, kind of do these end routes where he comes around them, you know, from one side to the other. And by the time the play uh, he gets there, and they're using the speed to do that. There's already guys there, and it, it, they tried it a couple times, and it just didn't work out. So I'm still a little bit worried about, you know what, they're going to have to figure out a different way of using him. I still think that to use him on a passing play on, you know, when you know when the pocket breaks down or something where Perry is, you know, that they're going to have to use him in a different way. So Yeah, I think I know specifically one of the plays that you were thinking of. Uh, when he got stuffed right away, I think it was actually the first quarter, maybe it was the second quarter, um, on one of those, um, it was like a sweet play. Yeah. And that, that I even tweeted about it. I was like, that was bad, because the last guy on our offensive line was blocking a guy in the box. And here was this defender that was just right outside of the box, on the side that he was running towards. And as soon as I saw him running and the play gets started and everything, our offensive lineman blocked the guy in the box and that other guy was just sitting there no blocking no nothing i feel like that play should have been changed like they should have read it like somebody either should have come to block him or they should have gone with a different play was seeing that defender there because then there was also a receiver out there but the receiver was blocking his defender mm-hmm. yeah so, i'm not sure they're using him in the right area i think that they, they need to still think about using him in that uh slot slot like Perry and Perry's excellent in there but I think McDoom with his speed would work great but if you're going to throw McDoom in that I think this is a like second time in two you know third a third or fourth time that they've used him in two games that have him on that sweet play and it hasn't worked so you'd think defenses would go oh look McDoom's in there they're going to use a sweep <laughs> Well, I think so. They kind of read that one. One of them worked out. You know, I think he got like three or four yards on one of them, but um, you I th- know, I think they're honestly setting that up for the times when it does work. I mean, they'll try it, and it's going to be like, okay, it's going to work every once in a while. But also, you know, there's going to be the time, and I think they've done it once, maybe more than that. But I definitely have not been uh, staying on top of keeping track of it. But where they fake it, and then they go up the middle, because. Right. I say nine times out of ten, when people see him running across the backfield uh, before the ball gets snapped, they're gonna they're getting ready and preparing for that um, sweet yeah. play, and so yep. we could really catch him off guard. And like I said, I really uh, I recall that we've done it once, and it, um, I mean, it wasn't like a huge game changing play, but it was effective. So yeah, but. so yeah, running running game. Excellent. I uh, can't wait to see how this develops. You know, we're still getting better and better at that. Um, I love to see the adjustment from last game and to see it get better. Uh, you can tell they really worked at it um, before this game and were ready for it. And uh, just uh, kudos to the coaching staff and uh, excellent job. So now let's get into talking about the other great thing. And Michigan did was the defensive line. And yeah, how they did. So, uh, what do you want? What do you have to say about it, Caleb? You saw it. 
Uh, well, yeah, I was just going to say, great job again by the defense. The defense yeah. has done a great job here for this uh, entire season. I mean, yeah, there have been the problems. We addressed how uh, big plays in the past couple weeks were an issue, but today they really cracked down on it. Um, but there are always things to work on. I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of uh, come in negative a lot with them and everything, but I, I always want to make sure that I stress that, yes, there are always a lot of good things, but let's also, and I'm sure that, this is the team mentality or the coach's mentality too. It's just like, okay, focus on getting better each week. You know, like Harbaugh says, even if every day it's 1% or 0.01% better or whatnot. But the issue or the thing that I will highlight from today that's like, okay, this is our new thing to address, pass interference. Yeah. I, yeah. I will argue against some of them, but there were definitely instances that pass interference did occur. So yep. that we've seen a good job from them so far up to this point, but today was definitely that was the thing that they struggled against, which does which does make sense to cert, uh, to a certain degree because Penn State is such a pass heavy team, mm -hmm. so they were going to the air more frequently probably than some other teams. I don't have the numbers to prove that or anything, but since they were so pass heavy, yeah, the chances are you might get more penalties from that. But some of it, some of it. It happened. Some of it was sloppy, so that's that's one thing that I'll say with the defense to improve. But I'm outside of that, a lot of great stuff with the defense today. Yeah, I mean the sacks. I think they had uh, they finished with six sacks of the day. That's pretty good. Taco, uh, Wormley both had a uh, one and a half sacks on the day, and then obviously cleaned up by um, got um, Hurst and. Godden and Winovich and those guys just did a great job of pressuring the quarterback and get, putting McSorley on his, on his bottom a lot. So great pressure. Even saw Gary in there with some great hits. Um, good to see him in there. And uh, man, what a what a great game they had. I think you know, they had like thirteen tackles for loss in the whole game. I mean that's that's pretty incredible that they you know. They just couldn't pass. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, obviously that um, – I think the quarterback was testing our secondary that I think they knew that, you know, uh, the, some of the corners weren't looking back at the ball. Maybe they need to work polish that up a little bit as far as, you know, they wouldn't get called for pass interference if they looked back at the ball and they weren't. And we saw a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah, and talking about what you were saying with tackles for loss and the sacks, so close to safety today. Yeah. I mean, he his body came down in the end zone, but the ball came down at, like, the half-yard line. Uh, great job by the defense. That was that was so close. Safe, safeties and shutouts are the pride of the defense, um, and that was uh, – I was really kind of hoping for one of those. And they had the shutout in the first half. So that was impressive. But another defensive stat that I will um that I'll share and I, I got this one actually from uh someone on Twitter on what they shared, so I'm definitely gonna give them credit because I was able to remember and put it down. Uh but Drew Hallett on Twitter, his Twitter handle is at Drew C Hallett. If if you don't follow him, he's a good follow. He's got a lot of information. So I wanna give him credit for putting out there that uh, with Penn State finishing with uh, 199 total yards, I thought I saw 191, but either way, they they were held under 200 yards. Uh, he okay. said it's the fifth time in Harbaugh's 17 games that Michigan has held their opponent under 200 yards. Well, okay, yeah. 
So five five times out of 17 games that the opponents were under 200 yards. Yep. That's really good um, stats there for our defense. So kudos to the defense today for working on that. Yeah, I mean, obviously our defensive line, they they held one of the really, really good back, uh, running back in uh, Barkley. uh, I think they held them to – how many yards? Like fifty-nine. Uh, yeah, I think it was around sixty. Fifty-nine yards, but yeah, they had about yeah eighty net rushing yards. Penn State did about seventy-eight. So Barkley is no joke. The guy is a fantastic running play, uh, back, and boy, he was doing everything he could to win that game. <laughs> the poor guy. I mean, yeah. I was just like, man, he was he was making so many people miss and trying his heart out, but um, he actually. This tells you how much Barkley was doing his best not only did he lead in the running but he led in receptions <laughs> so oh, he, had, yeah. he had more passing yards than his receivers so it's i mean he was trying to do it all and you know it just wasn't enough <laughs> yeah well their star uh receiver godwin was kept at yeah. eight yards <laughs> so he had the touchdown too yeah. he must give it to i almost wanted to get say you know what take it away from him give it to barkley he deserved it that guy was fantastic so today he yeah. tried so yeah, yeah. Bar- barkley and, and i'll say this and i, I feel like i'm kind of trying to be a downer here and everything but i will say this uh barkley was not 100 percent. i don't believe uh from no. everything that happened last game but another thing to mention <laughs> as well and i know that was said during the game is that Penn State came in banged up. We talked about it last week uh, or earlier this week in the preview for this game. But first of all, I didn't think Penn State was a powerhouse team or anything. Um, Not like downplaying them or anything, but this is just not the year for Penn State. But on top of that, coming into this game, like we said, they were banged up. So Michigan had a good game today, yes. I don't believe Penn State was Michigan's toughest opponent. We've kind of talked about that a little bit. It seems like Colorado has been the most uh, credible team that Michigan's played so far. So not to be a downer, not to downplay everything. I, I just do want to mention that, though, so that people keep that in their thought process that, you know, that was what Penn State was playing with today. Now, speaking of some of the things with Penn State, uh, some of the stuff here that I want to mention before we uh, wrap anything up is the unique situation of down 28-0 to in the third quarter. Penn State, I can't remember exactly where it was, close to the goal, I believe yeah. it was in, within, yeah. the, within 10 yards, Decides to go for a field goal, but not even just go for a field goal. They took a timeout then and still went with the field goal. Like I said, he iced his own player. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Not only that, but then I was thinking uh, the only reason I could think you would want to do that is if you're almost acting like your job is on the line. If If I don't score a single point against Michigan, this is going to cost me my job. So I'm going to take the three points I can get because it was really almost kind of miraculous to see them when they actually scored their touchdown. That was a good drive. That was obviously their best drive. I did not anticipate seeing that, but it's just kind of like, why go for three points? I I don't know. I just thought it was everybody I saw was thinking that was such an odd situation. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, very odd. And you know, I was, shaking my head like i didn't understand it at all but you know i wasn't there he might be a reason maybe he wanted to talk it over or something i don't know but 
<laughs> it was very odd. But um, yeah, like you said, they were they were missing a lot of players. Their linebacker, and then they lost another linebacker due to uh, targeting. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so not only are they down, they're getting down to they had no. I don't think they had a linebacker left. Yeah, that was that was a bad call. Yeah, it was a bad call. So let's give that to Penn State. Yeah, I saw it. You know, he obviously wasn't leading with his helmet, but uh, hit him with his shoulder. But he was going for the ball, and that's what you need. And yeah, this targeting thing's getting out of hand. Maybe we'll adjust that some other time. But uh, yeah, Penn State. You know how we feel. We we went through that last year. So, but yeah, bad call. Um, but yeah, they get, they're missing a lot of key players on their team, and you know, it's yeah, and we we made them, we punished them on on the front line and and running, so yeah, that's how we do it. Yeah. Now let's talk. I mean, let's get into what did you think? So we know the defensive line was amazing. We know they just did such a good job. Obviously, the secondary was a little bit questionable on the. You know, maybe some of the pass interference calls and the running backs did a great job of rotating and getting other ones in there. Now, talk about Spate's performance. What did you, you think about it? I thought he had another good week. I actually commented on it during the game, and I had it in my notes to make sure to mention that. I feel like he, he was very poised. Um, he was a lot more uh, on target this week, but when he faced uh, pressure in the pocket he didn't break down he I I mean there was even a play where two defensive players broke through and he was able to he didn't panic and he he stayed composed and even kind of like sidestepped and was still in the uh, correct position to be able to throw a ball and I think it was actually maybe the one that I wound up scrambling and going for the first down but he just the whole entire game he was just very poised and I think he did a really good job. I know that there were some missed passes, uh, things like that. Some of them, I, the receivers just kind of botched. Uh, I mean, he didn't play a perfect game or anything, but I, I thought he did another yeah. really good job, an improvement from last week. Yeah, like you said, I uh, I agree. He uh, did really, really well. He, you know, he didn't. I think it's one of the things you said at the beginning of the year and kind of the way the games were going with him is it was good to see is. The difference between Spate and let's say Rudock and Devin Gardner and those guys is Spate's not, he's not turning the ball over. He's not doing stupid things. I mean, yeah, he had a fumble against Colorado and he had maybe that one interception against UCF, but he's really not throwing passes that are going to get intercepted or it's going to go back for a touch, you know, bad interceptions, bad turnovers. And he's not doing that, which gives me a lot of hope that he is playing very, very smart. He was very efficient when he needed to be. And he had a good game. He didn't have to have a great game. He didn't need to. And that's what I like about what's going on with him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes when a quarterback just has a good game, like they yeah. just did their job and didn't turn over, that equivalates to a great game. Like yeah. maybe they didn't have amazing passing numbers or anything like that, but if they were efficient and they didn't turn the ball over, that still can equivalate to a great game. So, yeah. yeah. He, you look he, at the stats, 21 for 30, uh, 34, 189 yards, one touchdown. People are going to go, big deal, that's nothing. But I went, you know what? Yeah, if you look at it, you're going to go, big deal. But – if you saw the game, there's a lot of times where his 
footwork was really, really good in the pocket. Like he felt the presence of players coming at him and this, the defensive line coming at him. And he, he rushed out of the pocket and was able to keep the drive alive. And remember the times where he was actually rolling out and he moved out of the pocket because it was collapsing and he moved out. One of the best things I saw him do was he, he was looking down the field and there was nothing open. He just threw it away. And I went, that's great. You know, yeah. that's what I wanted to see with Devin Garner for so many years. I wanted to see him just throw the ball away, man. You can't make a play. Don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. So, yeah. Yep. Totally agree. Totally agree. So I can talk about a couple of things though, that caused me to have a little bit of concern. I'm not, you know, not yet, but about, about him and maybe the play calling is with him. Obviously during the game, they did a lot of shotgun with him and seemed like that wasn't working out and he had some passes that were like nobody was even around and they were overthrown like rushed rushed passes you know maybe he had one to parry way over his head he had a couple that were at someone's feet so that's a little concerning and usually it's in the shotgun he's doing that so i'm like huh maybe he needs to be under center um, but the only thing i want to see with spate one game one game is where he wins the game on his own, you know, that it's going to come down to uh, passing to win this game, uh, win a game. I know he, he did a little bit with UCF, but you know what I mean? He might need to do it against Wisconsin, and we'll bring that up a little li- bit later in this week. But um, yeah, I, f- I feel like things? he, I feel like he did some of that with the Colorado game. I mean, right. uh, not, not all of it and everything, but it was, it was a pass heavy game. And, Especially with how he started and with how ugly he played part of that game. Like, yeah, part of that yeah. game, he played really bad. And the fact that he was able to come back from that and then play maybe not efficiently, but he didn't turn it over. Over, right. Yep. Yeah. And that's great. So, but yeah, yeah, definitely things still to be working on for sure. Um, but good things were seen today. Yes. So. Darbo, seven, 44 yards. Who's the biggest catcher? Jake Butt, 42. And then Perry. It is interesting how either corners are keying off on Chesson or he's just not being looked at very much. He only had one catch for 18 yards. So, But you know what? I think he might be a little bit banged up in this yeah. game. So well, especially, did, yeah, especially when he went down today. But Yeah, he went down. But he had that one ball right in his hands and he dropped it. I mean, it was an open, it was a total, you know, move the chains on the third down, I believe, and he missed the ball. And I was kind of shocked by that. But, uh, yeah, Justin's been a little bit quiet this year, so it'd be interesting to see if he steps it up in the next couple games. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely see with that. But before we move on to the score recap for the conference and everything, usually we try to do stat of the game, and uh, I know that we've already covered a bunch of stats and everything, so I'll just be regurgitating some information we heard. The stat that I think would qualify as stat of the game and something very noteworthy for the team today was the 326 rushing yards. With all the flack that the team's gotten and the concern that people have, which was legitimate, understandable concern, some people freaked out more than others, but for them to be able to come out and put those 326 yards up was good to see that Michigan is capable of doing that. I know that uh, Penn State isn't going to be the best rushing defense that we're going to face, but you know we, we do have that capability, and it, we should probably be improving throughout the year on that as well. Right. So, yeah. Yep, my stat of the game, 
100% Michigan red zone conversion percentage in the first half. Yeah. So pretty incredible that uh, they went four for four um, so yep. with four, t- four touchdowns. Pretty great first half we had so even with the uh fourth downs and everything so yep um, yeah now one thing that i'll say here because we're kind of running out of time to make sure that we get get everything fit in here i thought it was interesting that they didn't kick any field goals because of kenny allen's performance last day last week i would have thought that would have been good to get him out there to you know yeah you mentioned that on twitter and i when i read that i went you know and that's a good uh, that's a pretty interesting I didn't even think about that until you you posted that, and then I went, "Wow, you know what? That is really interesting." But um, I think you know maybe Harbaugh just went into this conference game just going, "You know what? No, I think we can get this. It's year fourth and one. I believe that he knows he can get it. I believe he thinks that his offensive line is much stronger and more powerful than theirs, and he knows without a doubt with you know Khalid Hill there, he's going to get it no matter what." Yeah. So, he made a statement, that's for sure. So, okay, all right. To uh, to jump into the scores for the conference uh, so that we keep our uh, time here down and everything. We've been running pretty long here recently and trying to work on being efficient with things. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll run here through the scores today. Uh, big one for the, the day, the big matchup between 11 Wisconsin and 8 Michigan State. Wow. Wisconsin uh, won 30 to six at Michigan State. Not one offensive touchdown for State. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting to see. So, and yeah, we- that's well, you know what? Them does. <laughs> you know, I might have just picked them, but you know, it's it's looking pretty interesting that I did pick them to win the um, that division. So. Yeah, you you might be looking pretty good in a while, and we'll definitely be talking more about Wisconsin this week as. Yep. Uh, We'll be doing a preview of, uh, episode for the game. Uh, Purdue had a non-conference game against Nevada. Uh, it was home. They beat them 24-14. to mm-hmm. Iowa, this was my pick for the week. Iowa was a 13-point favorite over Rutgers, and it kind of looked uh, rough, kind of like the Wisconsin yeah. game last year. It was a low-scoring affair, but Iowa did win the game at Rutgers. The final score, 14-7, to so I did not get that spread cover. Minnesota played Colorado State and won 31 to 24. Indiana almost could have been a great day for the Big Ten with all the non-conference games, but Indiana lost a close one to Wake Forest, 33 to 28. What a bad, bad, bad loss. Yeah. Wow. And then Nebraska beat Northwestern, and they were only a seven-point favorite, but they won more than that with a score of 24 to 13. Yeah, I was wrong there, wasn't it? Uh, no, you were right. It was they were only the seven point. Uh, that was your lock, and they were only a seven point favorite. And it, it was still a tight game. I mean, it wound up yeah. being just eleven points, but you were right with that. And then, of yeah. course, Penn State, Michigan was the forty nine to ten. So, like what yeah. we talk about uh, is the best win, worst loss, worst loss. Obviously, I mean, since we'll be playing games against each other, there'll be some that just uh, look bad for in conference and everything. But the worst loss, I mean, can kind of easily go to Indiana. It was unfortunate. It was a close game. Yeah. It would have been good for our non-conference uh, records and everything. The Big Ten's been doing pretty well, but that was unfortunate a little bit to see that. Yeah, that's a bad loss. You know, you know, it's a bad loss when you lose to a team, that, uh, a school that's known for basketball. Yeah. 
it's just not good. I mean, Notre Dame knows that they lost to Duke. So. Yeah, very true, very true. So Notre Dame is not looking to be as good as everybody thought. But Craig, do you, out of those, do you have one that was uh, the best win? Best win, I'm going to say probably uh, Wisconsin. I think it's going to be it's the best win because the very fact they were at a hostile place to win at Michigan State is really really tough. Michigan State was coming off a great win at Notre Dame in a place that's really tough to win at too. And they had all the momentum and then Wisconsin went in there underdogs or just everybody kind of rode them off and they have a just a great defense and we'll talk about them later on when they play us but uh, great win for them. Yeah, I saw SB Nation. I think their entire staff picked MSU yeah. to win that. Most like, people did. I didn't. I, yeah. I said they'd probably win. I, I thought a close game, but they'd win. Yeah, and so like we said, we'll talk more about Wisconsin here because of uh, yeah. our game coming up with them this next week's. Okay, so that's the uh, score rundown for the conference and everything. That kind of wraps up the football talk. We'll do some closing thoughts here uh, after this short break then. Okay, well, uh, great weekend for Michigan football. Uh, somebody somebody pointed out that Michigan State lost, Ohio State didn't win because they didn't play, and Michigan won, and Notre Dame also lost. So kind of a happy day for uh, the Wolverine fans out there with all that information. But something definitely to take note of, talked about a little bit before, but we'll bring it up this episode. Michigan has officially regained the lead on the highest winning percentage in college football. Over Notre Dame, right? Over Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. They did that because Notre Dame lost, Michigan won today. We retook that. We already have the lead for the most wins ever. Uh, I mean, we've got a healthy lead on that, if I'm not mistaken. But we fell behind with the percentage Mm -hmm. because uh, Notre Dame had taken over with that. But we... We regained that today with the win, so that's awesome to take note of. Yeah, yeah. Good day for Michigan football. Good day all in general. Good way, good playing overall. Uh, team's clicking. Going to really break this down in the next game coming up. But uh, like I said, you know, people were already at the beginning, you know, in the morning Saturday talking about Wisconsin and their win over Michigan State. And I just said, hey, you know what, let's not look past the Nittany lines. Let's get past them. And then we'll, we'll, we have plenty of Wisconsin talk coming up now. So, Oh, yeah, for sure. So check us out on Twitter. A lot of conversation going on there. Uh, at Blue Bros underscore in our name. So at Blue Bros underscore Caleb or underscore Craig. We've got our website if you haven't checked it out that's bluebrothersportscast.com and on there we have our episodes we have our predictions we have photos actually something that i need to look into is uh if people want to send in fan photos from going to games that was something that i want to do that i haven't gotten into yet but maybe we'll do that but also we have information on there if anybody wants to call the voicemail uh we've done it previously where if you call and leave a voicemail uh, if we've got time for it we will insert it into our show and uh, get your voice directly onto the show for some of our episodes. And definitely need to check out the Facebook group. That's growing in popularity and uh, a lot of great stuff going on there. That's the Blue Network, everything Michigan football. You can find that on Facebook really easily. So, 
Yeah, growing really well. Heck, we even had uh, on our Facebook group somebody from the SEC get in there. So I don't know how that happened, but it got in there. Even he he wants to get in there. Yeah, a little bit of trolling going on, and we're monitoring that. So that was funny, though. Yeah. So, but but good stuff. So um, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, We always want to. Thank you, everybody, for uh, we've got some longtime listeners and adding people every weekend. We enjoy it and glad that you're being a part of it. And so a good weekend for Michigan football. Uh, Hope you enjoyed your weekend and that you have a good week ahead of you. And as always, we'll finish things off with Go Blue. Go Blue.